Bokar Tov. This is our uh, last Navi podcast that we'll, we will be doing in from New York for like two months, so long as I am able to get into the country without getting locked out for COVID reasons. But Bez uh, Hashem, we're going to be trying to, to continue. We're going to try to continue from Eretz Israel, starting on probably like Tuesday when I settle down, or maybe Wednesday, I don't know. Uh, but, but this is going to be the last class from New York. We, do you know what Pasuk we got up to? Could you check the chat to see what Pasuk we got up to? We're up to 18? Yeah, Yeah, we are are up to 18. So we're up to chapter 22 in Shemuel Aleph, Pasuk 18. And last we studied, Shaul was was in this this craze of needing to find out if people are against him and who's against him. So he turns to his his, uh, advisors and he starts accusing all of them. And then one of the advisors named... Doeg. Doeg Adomi was, was... knew that he was implicated and he had already seen David, so he knows that it's going to come back to bite him. So he feels the need to offer up more information than is necessary. And he offers up the information that the Kohanim in the city of Nov were aiding and abetting David. Now that's very bad. He also exaggerates what they did to help David. He said they asked God and it doesn't. we don't have any evidence from the Sukim that he asked God. So Shaul goes, he calls him over and he says, why did you help David? You helped David. And the guy says, what are you talking about? I didn't help David. Uh, David was, in my eyes, was the number one guy in your, in your uh, thing, in your, in your army. Why would I, uh, first of all, why would that be a problem if I helped David? Second of all, I didn't know of anything. So if I'm sorry I helped David. If I knew that you guys were in a fight, I wouldn't have helped him. So Shaul says, no, you're trying to help David. You're lying. And he tells his servants, go kill him. Now, what do the servants do? No. The servants of the king did not wish to send their hand and to kill the Kohanim of Hashem. Now we're up to Pasuk Yitzchai. So the king says to Doeg, Go now, you circle around and strike the Kohanim. So Doeg himself goes and he strikes down the Kohanim. And he kills 85 people, people who carried, who were uh, wearing the ephod, but, you know, the ephod is like the clothing that all the Kohanim wear, the, the linen one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they have, I mean, the Kohanim have to wear a linen ephod. And then there is, uh, for, the, for the rest of the, for the Kohen Gadol, the ephod is made out of blue wool, right? Am I correct? Maybe. Maybe not. No. <laughs> There's additional things. No, no, no. The effort for the Kohanim, for the Kohen Gadol, is actually, is actually the thing that holds on to the breastplate. It's from this week's parasha, so it's, you, we better know it. The effort of the Kohen, Kohen Gadol is made out of Zahav, Techelet, Argaman, Tolat, Shani, So, what does it mean, Efod Bad? What did the Kohanim, the regular Kohanim wear? Whatever it is that they wore, the Efod Bad, the linen Efod, probably means like their, the, the Kohanim's clothing. Okay, prosecuted. And he went, he struck down the entire city of Nov, the city of the Kohanim. From man to woman. From a baby, the, how does it translate? A suckling alike. A suckling and uh, with Child. a... With a with a child, child and suckling alike. Child and suckling alike. Veshor v'chamor v'sel v'hichareh and ox and donkey and sheep. He killed all of them. That was the 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 action of the way Now, what 
Does this remind you of? What is this trying to remind you of? Binyamin. Binyamin. And they, they killed everyone from Binyamin. Oh no, I'm thinking of something else. This is what we should. This is what Shaul should have done with Amalek. Ah, that's it. This is what Shaul should have done with Amalek. Beautiful. Ah. We need David in our class. He's perfect for our class. Okay. This is what Shaul should have done to Amalek. He should have killed Meish Adisha, Meolel Yonek, Mishor Chamor He should have killed all of them. But now, where does he do? Who does he kill? He kills like the most, like he like kills the Kohanim, righteous people. He kills the Kohanim <laughs> to the same standard of as he was supposed to kill the uh, thing Amalek. Now the Midrash picks up on this as as uh, the Midrash always catches on details. And here, Darshubo. Is I'm reading the Radak and Pasuk Yutet, Meish Vadisha. Tarshubo in the Gemaran Yoma, Daf Kaf Bet, Amud Bet. It says it right here, I don't know that. Bidvar Amalek Ketiv, in the matter of Amalek, it says, Vayahmol Shaul Vihaam Al Metavatson. That Shaul and the people had mercy on the good sheep. Yatsta Bat Kol Amra, Alti Tzadik Arbe. Don't be so big of a Tzadik. You know, you don't, don't have mercy on these people. It's not, don't be so big of a Tzadik. Do not be so wicked that you're being too wicked right now. Meaning, what is the, the Midrash trying to do? It's trying to draw a parallel between, exactly as they've said, between Amalek, what he was supposed to do with Amalek, and what he didn't know. And the word, there's a hidden lesson here. There's a lesson that he who is kind to the, to the wicked will be evil to the righteous. That's a, it's like a famous catchphrase. You can look up the, the quote on, somewhere online. I don't know who first said it. Who will be merciful to the wicked. Who, he who is merciful to the wicked one day be will one day be uh, cruel, to the cruel, to the, cruel to the righteous or something like that. It's a, it's a classic lesson. And, and the lesson is that is that Whenever you side or whenever you help or you're merciful to people who are wicked, you will, A, it shows that your values are in the wrong place. So you may just come to be wicked to the merciful. But B, there are also implications to your actions. So whenever you're merciful to the wicked, you're allowing the wicked to, to thrive. That creates situations in which there is cruelty occurring to righteous people or to innocent people. So, like, if you look in the political world, whenever you have a soft on crime policy, which, which encourages people or is being nice to the wicked or gives people less intense sentences for the cruel acts that they commit, what does that inevitably cause? More crime, which is a cruelty to the innocent. Okay? So that's kind of the hidden political lesson behind what's going on with Shaul, but the, but the Midrashim definitely, definitely caught on it. Okay. Now, they almost kill the entire city of the Kohanim, except for one person. One son of Achimelech, the son of Achituv, was able to escape. And his name was Evyatar. And he ran away to David. How did he know where David was? How did he know where David was? That's a good question. That is a good question. Where is David right now? Everyone that runs away from Shaul knows exactly where Where David is. is. That's true. That is true. Uh, where is David right now? Do you remember? He's in the cave. Which cave? Adulam? Next to Moab. In, in Yudah somewhere. Yeah. Let's see. Right, he gave up his family to Moab to protect them. Yeah. 
No, no, he did. No, he did, yeah. he did. And then uh, he hid in a cave. Did I tell you the Midrash? There's a Midrash that says that the, the king of Moab killed his family? No, you didn't say that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there's a Midrash that says that the king, king of Moab killed David's family. That's so nice of him. No, and I, I heard that the, the interpretation of the Midrash is to say that David had some culpability for the death of the city of the Kohanim. Like, because it happens right back to back. He gives his family and then Shaul kills the, king, the, the Kohanim. So it's like, it's like because David was not careful to, to preserve the lives of the Kohanim, the king of Moab killed his family as well, something like that. What did David do? He, 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 maybe he didn't like inform because them. Because he, 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 he wasn't transparent with why he's coming to them for help. What did David do? Yeah. So we'll see. Well, let's see right now because David is. We're going to see uh, to what extent you could blame David for what's going on. Pasuk of Aleph. And David and Aviatar said to David that Shaul killed the the Kohanim of Hashem. Pasuk of Bet. David So David said to Aviatar, He said, "I knew on that day that Doeg was there, and David knew that Doeg was the servant of Shaul." He's like, I knew that Doeg was there. That he's going to tell Shaul. I am the cause of the, the death of your entire family, basically. So David takes responsibility. By the way, this is a classic David. If you, if you want to point to David's character, the one, number one thing that stands out about him is he takes real responsibility. He takes more responsibility than he needs to. You know, he takes a lot of responsibility. He, when he, does, he doesn't shy away from taking blame. So this, and the, when the city of the Kohanim is destroyed, I am the cause of the death of your family. Now, is it David's fault? He's running away. He's being chased for his no, life. it's Yonatan's fault. It's Yonatan's fault, because Yonatan didn't feed him, right? That's what the Midrash says also. That's what the Midrash says. He was starving. That's why he went out. That's you know. the importance of, of food, of ligima. Because if he only gave him a little bit of bread, he would have saved the entire city of the Kohanim. Okay, <laughs> so... What? Yeah, I know. Uh, but the, the Lashon of the Gemara says the importance of a ligima, which means a gulp. So it's just a funny Lashon in the Gemara. But yeah, it's the importance of thinking about somebody's well-being. If Yonatan would have thought that David needs food, that he's been hiding in this forest for three days and he hasn't had anything to eat, so let me give him some food so he's not desperate... Then this was all really Yonatan's fault. Okay, okay. What a butterfly effect! Wow. Right. Okay. So, uh, so David takes responsibility here. Plus for David, he's always taking responsibility. Pasuk of Gemo. Shevayiti altira. Stay with me. Do not fear. Ki asheri vakeshet nafshi vakeshet nafshecha. For he who seeks out my life will seek out your life. Meaning, meaning, if someone comes after me, he's coming after. You. If somebody comes after you, he's coming after me. So I got, you. I got you. You know, that's what he's saying. For you are in protection with me. Perek kaf gimel. Okay, so that's the story of the uh, the Novi Rakhonim that Shaul destroys them completely. He is kind to the wicked, and he is wicked to the kind. And the only one left is Eviatar. Now, a side note: the city, the Nov city of the Kohanim, were descendants of Eliyahu Kohen. And if you remember from the beginning of the book of Shemuel, when Eli's sons were corrupt. Mm-hmm. And they were taking, uh, what, what were they doing in the thing? They were taking extra food as part of the process of, uh, of the Kohanim thing. And they were abusing their Kohanic powers. Mm-hmm. There was a curse against the, city of, 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 uh, the family of Eli that they would not live long. And that they would have short lives. And part of that curse is now coming to fruition and that the entire family is getting wiped out. 
Okay, so only Aviatar remains. And even by the way, if you go to uh, the, if you go to where's in Melachim Aleph, even Aviatar he's he ends up uh, defecting, and he's also I think he's killed by Shilomo. So it's not doesn't really look good for the household of Eli. Okay. So back to David. Okay? They said to David saying, the Pelishtim are fighting against the city of Ke'ilah. Now what is Ke'ilah? It's a Jewish city. And they're stealing from the... The granaries. The granaries, right? They're stealing from all the places where our grain is being stored. Mm-hmm. So David asks God and he says, Should I go and strike these Pelishtim? He said, Yes, go and strike the Pelishtim and you shall save Ke'ilah. What, you, what are your thoughts about what's happening right now? Immediate, uh, like, commending for what he did just prior. Like, he, he just got a city wrecked and now he's going to save the city. Ah, I did not think of that. I didn't think of that either. Dave, please, please join our classes. Your insights are fantastic. I'm thinking that this Um, is Shaul's responsibility as king. Yes. But David is the real king. You know what it reminds me of? Not to compare uh, like Shaul to the most evil society ever, but but, um, it's like Shaul has this responsibility to protect Am Israel. And he's so obsessed with killing David that he's forgetting about the fact that there are cities in Am Israel that are being attacked by Pelishtim, which is his number one duty. Sean, please, please don't. Well, so, so it's, like, it's like in war, like, like, again, I'm not the thing, but like whenever the, the Nazis were trying to, to fight World War II and they, were, they wanted to kill all the Jews, so they let their pursuit of killing all the Jews get in the way of them winning the war. Meaning they opted to kill Jews more than to be able to win World War II, you know. Uh, sorry if that was a very, very, very flagrant, uh, politically incorrect thing to say. But, but uh, I'm not trying to compare them in terms of the quality of their thing. I'm just saying when you develop a psychological obsession with something, like Shaul has developed a psychological obsession with eradicating David, um, you could get so caught up with that obsession that you start to forget respons- basic responsibilities. Right? So Shaul is so obsessed with getting David that he's forgetting his basic responsibility of protecting Am Israel. Mm-hmm. So the city of Keilah is being left to fight the Pelishim. If you remember when Shemuel gave Shaul, made Shaul a king, his number one duty was to protect Am Israel specifically from the Pelishim. It was even expressly said mm-hmm. that your goal is to pre- protect Am Israel from the Pelishim. And, and it seems like he was successful at that in the beginning. At the beginning, Shaul was successful. Exactly. It was be- in the beginning, he was successful. And now, Shaul. so an irony here is that while Shaul is not fending Am Yisrael's battles, David, who is currently being chased by Shaul and has probably other things on his mind, is now taking responsibility on his, on, on his own with his 400 beggars and poor people that he has as an army to go and try to protect the city. So that, that also shows the glory of David, that even when he's being chased and he should be thinking of himself, all he's thinking of is Am Israel, which is the way the king should be. The king should put his personal thing aside and to only focus on Am Israel at all times, okay? So, he says, should I go and strike the Pelishim? And Hashem says, yes, go and strike the Pelishim and save Am Israel and save Ke'ilah. Pazuk Gimel. Vayomeru anshe David elav. And the people of David said to him, Hine anachnu fo bi Yehuda yireim. 
the people of David said, we here are in, in Yehuda, and we are scared for our lives that Shaul is going to come and kill us. And now we're going to run to Ke'ilah, to the battalions of the Pelishtim. You see what the, the, it's all like, what's going on here? Look at that Pasuk, Jay. His, his, the people that are his, his uh, David's like posse, his people, they go to him and they say, we are here terrified of Shaul in Yehuda. So now we're going to go to Ke'ilah where the Pelishtim are to fight their battles. What about us? So you see, and why is, the, why is the Tanakh doing that? Why is it showing us what the people of David are saying? It wants to show that what David is doing is not normal. It's what to show that the average person would not think like this. The average person would think for himself. But David, he's not thinking for himself. He's thinking about protecting Am Yisrael and protecting Ke'ilah. So David, he's going above and beyond what the average person does. And, and another thing is that you see that David leads these people out to battle when they're not when they initially aren't ready to do it, which is a sign of leadership. Leadership isn't giving the people what they want. It's, it's training people to become a better version of themselves, right? So taking more responsibility, that's what David is teaching the people to do. So all the people are complaining to David. What does David say? So David goes back and in order to prove to his people that, that they're, going to be, they're going to be fine and that they should take this on this battle at Keilah, by Yosef od David lishol Badonai, David continued to ask God, by Adonai, and God answered him, by Yomer kum red Keilah ki ani notenet pelishim biadecha. Go down to Keilah for I'm giving the pelishim in your hands. So he asks again in order to prove to his people that, the, that they're going to win the battle. And God says, yes, yes, go. Go because I'm going to give the Pelishim into your hands. Okay. Pasuk 5. David and his people went to Ke'ilah. And they did battle against the Pelishim. They brought back their cattle. He struck them a huge blow. And David saved the people of Ke'ilah. Okay, so even when David is in distress, he is filling the role that Shaul is supposed to be filling and he's saving Am Yisrael from their enemies. Pasuk, Bav. Actually, should we stop here? Oh, last Pasuk is a very good Pasuk to understand. How was David asking God if... Yeah, how was he asking God if he's going to win in Ke'ilah? Because the only coin left brought the... Because the only coin left, Yani Aviatar had brought the ephod... And the and the Choshen and the Urim Tumim. So by he bifroch Eviatar ben Achimelech, the pasuk vav, when Eviatar son of Achimelech had run away, El David to Keilah, Efod yarad biado. He brought down the Efod with him, so he was able to bring the Urim Tumim as well. Okay, so let's pause there. After, I don't know. I don't know why it's inserting it here. I don't know why it's, it's inserting it here. Because it becomes relevant here. Now there's one more thing. I mean, it was relevant right now when David just used it to ask God if he should go down to battle. So why is it saying after the fact? But there is another interesting thing. And that one of the things we said that we did not like about Shaul was that he was not listening to the word of God. And I remember one of the battles, I think it was in chapter 9, when he was going to go to battle and the Pelishim were gathering up against Shaul. And then he asked the Kohen... To, to ask the Urimi Tumim uh, What did he say in the middle? The coin was taking too long And he said It's too long, let's go, it's too long, let's go. Forget, forget you Let's go fight the Pelishim Right? Yeah. So that was Shaul's mentality When it came to asking the will of God Shaul basically was a little bit Not so careful with the will of God But David twice. He's asking twice <laughs> He's super careful about the will of God right? I don't even know if it's a good thing That he asked twice But yeah. David is super concerned With the will of God And he always wants to do the will of God And that's another uh, contrasting factor Between Shaul and David Okay Baruch Amen Amen, amen.